Don't mind me. I'm just bringing my spreader up here. Hey, Darren, if you can hear me, now would be a good time to bring me out of stand. Because otherwise, it's going to get awkward. Good morning, everybody. I know it is that time of year. It is that time of year where we... Um... There it is. It was so dark, I couldn't see that there. Thank you, Darren. It is that time of year where we are uh, out in our yards. We're trying to make our grass kind of greener. Hopefully, it comes in a little bit more. I am, uh, this, is, this is like the biggest, baddest piece of equipment that I own. Some of you are like, I don't have a pickup truck or a tractor. I don't have even a riding lawnmower. So I bring this to you to show you my complete inadequacy with uh, yard work and things of that nature. Um, good morning. My name is Richie Jackson. It is a pleasure to be here with you. This is the first opportunity I've had to speak in this building. And I just got to tell you, you know, being here Looking out at uh, all of these faces in this building, it is truly amazing to me to see God's faithfulness because this is all a result of what he does. And and that is going to be the big theme for this morning. The big idea is just going to be that we will be faithful in sharing the good news. Now, we're going to get back to my trusty spreader here in a minute and that big idea, but for a moment, I need your attention. I need your attention because I need you to understand why we're here, the why behind everything we do. Now, for many of you, this is going to be a little reminder, but maybe some of you just stumbled in here this morning not knowing exactly what to expect or why we're here. But I want to tell you that 2,000 years ago, a man stumbled into this world, and he changed it forever. This wasn't an ordinary man, mind you. He was a man that actually claimed to be God, and he changed this world. Individuals of every background, every creed, every gender, every person that saw him had their lives changed in some meaningful way. He challenged us to look inward, into ourselves first. He talked to rich young rulers. He hung out with the blind, the crippled, and the crazy. He matched wits with the smartest people of his time, but he took his time and spent it with people he called the least of these. Maybe these are the people that we walk past and we don't see, or maybe we even ignore. He was kind. He was compassionate. But he could rip the heart out of a proud man with just simple truths. During his time on earth, Rome was the epicenter of the world. Rome would have been like New York City or Paris, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Many people in that time wouldn't have been able to find it on a map. I don't even know if there were maps back then. We have the benefit today of picking up a book that we call the Bible. But 2,000 years ago, there wasn't even a New Testament. And the Old Testament was just written on scrolls. Whether you understand or agree with everything that's in the Bible is kind of irrelevant because We look at this as one book that we have the benefit of seeing instead of 66 ancient manuscripts, more like a library of sorts. This Jesus, he he shows up and he does this. He lives this life. And we're all still taking notice. What are the odds of a holy rebel from a nowhere town becoming the name above all names? Bigger than Caesar, Plato, Jordan, 
What are the odds? What did he do to change the world? Maybe we should talk about that. Well, let's say he claimed to be God. And then he went about turning the world upside down in order to prove it. How about a quick overview? Let's say that this guy chastised all the right people. He told the religious that they had it mostly wrong. He befriended the poor. He loved the unlovable. He drank with sinners. All the wrong people loved him and all the powerful people hated him. He knew the scriptures and he, he actually claimed that he existed before they were even written. He healed the sick, gave sight to the blind. He raised people from dead to life and then had the audacity to tell you and me that he could forgive our sins. And the powerful had him tortured. They put him up on a cross and they killed him. They placed him in a tomb. And that first Sunday morning, that first Easter, he walked out to prove the miracle of all miracles that he could be trusted to be who he said he was. You see, they envisioned him. They thought that their Messiah was going to come as a conqueror, but he came as peace. His weapon was love and compassion. They wanted a Messiah that would tell them that they had been doing it all right, that they were good, and, and, and he came and said, actually, none of you are doing it very well. But he still said, even to those people that weren't supposedly doing it well, that thought they were doing it well, he still said, like, just, will you just come hang out with me? Will you learn a little bit about what I'm talking about? Just follow me and you'll see. You see, he understood this life that we live. And he died on that cross to kill sin forever, to have a victory over sin forever. That is what Easter is all about. That is what Jesus was all about. Jesus was back then and still is today. He is love. And that's why we study his interactions. That's why you're here today. A long shot from a nowhere town that changed the world. Anybody want to hear more? I want to share with you a passage this morning from the book of Luke. We've been in the book of Luke, right? We've been studying it the last few weeks. You know, we've been asking you guys to read along with us. We've been asking you to journal with us. We've been providing some podcasts so that you can listen to and hear what's going on in this book of Luke. If you've just showed up today or maybe you haven't started any of those things, stop by the hub, grab a bookmark. You can just pick up. There's no time like today to get started if you haven't already. But we're going to be in chapter 8 of Luke today. We're going to pick it up in verse 4. Listen to what Jesus is, uh, is interacting with the people. All right? It says this. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to, to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell on the path. It was trampled on, the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Then Jesus said this, whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, many of you are probably thinking the same thing that they, the hearers of this would have been thinking at the time. I thought Jesus was a carpenter. What's this farmer stuff, right? What's all this talk about like soil and, and, and seeds and birds and 
rocky ground. It doesn't make any sense. And what's this whole thing like if you've got ears, use them. Like everybody's got ears. What's he talking about? Even his closest friends who had seen his rhetorical ways had some questions. They were a little bit confused. Pick it up in verse 9. His disciples asked him what the parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you. He's now talking to his disciples, asking this question. But to others, I speak in parables so that, and now he actually quotes Isaiah from the Old Testament in chapter 6. He says, though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. Jesus' friends were curious, but a lot of people were just hanging around. They They didn't know if they really cared about what was happening in Jesus' life, maybe they were there to see a miracle. Maybe they just wanted to trap him. Maybe maybe they were setting him up. Maybe they were just tagging along with some other folks. They weren't really paying much attention. And so Jesus says, I tell simple stories, simple stories. Because if they're actually interested, they will come, they will engage, they will ask questions, and they will get to know me. They will follow me, and they'll figure this thing out. But Jesus says, you ask a pretty good question, so let's, let's dig in. How about I tell you what this means? So why don't I share with you what Jesus answered them with, and then we'll unpack it a little bit for our time, all right? Verse 11, Jesus says, the meaning of the parable, the seed is the word of God. So Jesus is talking in parables. It's a simple truth. It's about a larger context, okay? And we need to pay attention because this is how we can become faithful in sharing the good news. This is known as the parable of the sower, all right? So presumably the seed, the word of God, as Jesus just told us, it's valuable. And I think, I mean, here in Ross, we see lots of, you know, farm. We see lots of crops, right? We assume that every farmer's goal is to develop a nice harvest, right? So Jesus presumes that this seed has value. It's important to him. That seed would be able to do what seed does, Seed gets down into the soil, it develops down there, and and it begins to create a foundation for itself, right? And then it it, it comes up, as it begins to come up, it it, it is persevering through the early threats that are attacking it on in life. That happens in all of our lives. And then once it grows up, once it's mature, it is going to have some type of stalk. And then that one seed comes to life, and it is prepared to send many seeds to different lands, Now, we need to pay attention when Jesus says that the seed is the word of God. Because the word of God is a pretty important phrase. John, who is Jesus's, arguably his best friend, he writes another narrative of Jesus's life. Okay, And in the very first verse of his book, he says this. He says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. You see, Jesus knew he was talking about himself. He was talking about God being given to the people like you and me. Jesus was giving himself to anybody that would listen. Now, some of you may say, well, how valuable is this seed? And I would answer. Maybe Jesus would answer with a question. He, would, he might say something like, well, what's the value of a redeemed life? How valuable is that to you? You see, forgiveness and peace and love 
and mercy and kindness. These, these are the flowers blooming on the crops of Jesus' seed deposit in your life and in mine, worthy of being sown all across this land, all across this world. What if those traits could be replicated? What if, what if they could? What if they could be replicated? He talked about sowing the seed. Where did it go? Let's look and let's, let's see. Let's let Jesus break it down. Where did it go? In verse 12, it says this. Along the path are ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word of God from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Got a little wordy there. I apologize. But the sower of good seeds says that some of his seed is going to land on hard path. And we've been there before. You've been there before. We've all been on the trail where you're on the trail, the beaten path and foliage over here and green shrubbery over here. And then there's this beaten path, and it's just tough to make a go of it there, right? Every now and again, there's something sprouts up, but you know it's only a matter of time until a bike runs that thing over or some little rug rat comes and just starts yanking at it. That's what I did. And, and you know, it's just tough to live there. And, and Jesus says, a bird could come just snag it away. What about all the distractions in our lives where we just miss what God's trying to do because we're looking out here and we're not paying attention to what God's doing over here? You see, this is what happens when the noise of the day comes and steals what could have been in our lives. And I want you to understand that the devil will use anything at his disposal to get you distracted, to keep you from letting that seed germinate. Now, what happens next? Verse 13, on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. That rocky ground. Have you ever tried to grow anything in gravel? It's hard. Every now and again, something will pop out, but you know it has no root system. It's temporary at best. This happens in the life of young believers. And when I say young, I don't mean like young in like age. I mean just people that are young in their faith. They, they haven't rooted into Jesus. It's only a matter of time until the storms come in their lives. Because the storms are coming. The storms are coming. And they're going to pull at that root system. Is anybody else beginning to realize that Jesus knew a little bit more about your life and mine as he was telling these stories? He knows us. He knows us so well. Look at verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Thorns suck. Everything below the surface is pretty good, right? Everything down, there's moisture, you know. Things are able to grow down under, but everything up above ground is more difficult. There's, there's competition for this life up above ground. And as that root system starts to sprout out, it's not what's down under that's wrong. It's what it's running into when it hits up above. Life is good. The salary's solid. Your, your marriage is better than the, the, the people next to you. And you wouldn't even get rid of your three kids six days out of the week. I mean, things are good. I love you. 
Never. Seven days a week right here, baby. That's my daughter, by the way. I would never get rid of her. She's the best. You know, but like Jesus says, there's thorny bushes that are beginning to to strangle us and choke us out. We're starving for oxygen in this world because we're looking for something and everything else is taking that space. The worries of our lives. How many, how many of us worry too much? Anxiety just takes it upon us. We worry as if like all the worry that we have can somehow change that thing that you have absolutely no control of. What about the riches that we're all after, right? You know, if I could just make one more dollar, who cares what I have to compromise? My boss will never know. What about the pleasures of life? What about the pleasures of life? We think if we could just get the pleasure land and just stay there, like everything would be fine. But you and I all, we know what happens with pleasure. Pleasure just, it just breeds more temptation, more what ifs. What will happen next? Just to get to pleasure land. I have a question for you. Maybe you are, I, I spend a lot of time on computers. What if, what if, what if I had to type through a thorn bush? If you're a dental hygienist, what if you were going to floss Chris's teeth through thorn bushes? What if you had to do your homework through thorn bushes, baseball gloves in their thorns? Eventually, the thorns win. Jesus is describing all of the places that the seed is falling, and it feels a lot like seasons of my life. But there's good news. Verse 15, but the seed... On good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, by persevering, produce a crop. Oh, the good soil, to be the good soil, to have good soil, freshly turned over soil, barriers protecting from, you know, weeds that are trying to get into the soil. The climate was right. Just the right amount of water, sunlight. A hundred times what was sown. To be good soil, a good and noble heart. Let me ask you, what kind of soil are you? Can I tell you that I have been all of these soils? There have been weeks and months of my life where I have absolutely no moisture. Doesn't matter how deep my roots are trying to get. It just can't find moisture. Can I tell you that I am not immune to thorny places? Can I tell you that I could look back in the rearview mirror of my life and I can find places where I know how distracted I was when God was trying to do a thing in my life? And I am not unique. I think all of us can look at our lives and see that. So can you be honest with yourself, the life, your past, your present, and the future that you want for yourself? Can you see how the enemy, the devil, and all those demons, they want everything for you except for you to have peace in a life with Jesus? Anything to distract you from that perspective. Get you distracted just long enough to steal that deposit that Jesus was trying to put into your life. Can you see how that is something we need to be aware of? Can you see the value of rock-hounding your life? 
get the gravel out of our soil. We're sick and tired of having things just good on the surface and no lasting. Get the rocks out of our lives so that we can actually have soil capable of developing roots. Capable, ready, and impervious when the storm comes. Can you see the need to cut out the thorns? It's one thing to get pricked and to pull you to retreat and just get, I'm talking about cut them out. We got to cut out the thorns. In fact, once we cut out what's above ground, we rip out the darn roots so that our soil is ready, that our soil is capable, that we can live a life that Jesus wants for us, which is good and noble soil, ready for that seed to hit our lives so that we can do a thing, that we can bring him with us, that we can live this life, begin yielding a crop. You see, we've only talked about the soil, but it's the parable of the sower. That's why we have to be mindful. We must be faithful in sharing the good news. Soil status is cool. Self-awareness is great, but somebody has got to sow the seed. Jesus didn't tell the farmer. He did not tell the farmer, just, you know what, just sow the seed only on that good soil. In fact, I'm speaking to you this morning 100% out of obedience to Jesus. Because the seed he's given me, he said, will you just speak for me? Will you just tell them how much I love them? Will you tell them how much I want to walk with them? Will you tell them that I died for them so that they could find a way back to peace? You see, that's the seed he's put in my spreader. And he's told me to give it to every single person I come in contact with. You see, that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to force gump this thing. I'm going to force gump this thing. I'm going to hit the coast, and I'm going to turn around, and I hope people are coming with me. Now, I'm just going to keep sowing seed everywhere I go. I'm going to give out Jesus wherever I can. I'm going to try to de- throw deposits of love. I don't know where it's going to land. I'm just going to start throwing it out there because you know what? This is my life. This is the story of my life. I don't care what, how old you are. I don't care how you showed up here today. I'm just telling you that Jesus wants you to be in this with him, just like he wants me to be in it with him. You see, he wants me. I don't deserve to be on mission with him. He says, just do it with me. Some holy rebel turned up the world completely upside down, and all these years later, we're all just like, what in the world am I going to do with Jesus? Well, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do with Jesus. We're going to let our walls down, we're going to let his love in, and we're going to go change the world. One at a time. One at a time. I promise you somebody needs to hear your story. I promise you the seed that Jesus is putting in your sower thingy, he's going to spread it really good, but he wants to spread it through you. Do you understand? I need you to be on team sower. I want you on team sower. But don't. who cares about what I want? Jesus wants you on team sower. Two weeks ago, before two weeks ago, when I thought we got our last winter blast in March until this weekend, right? Melissa and I, she she, I think we should throw down some seed, and uh, I was like, all right, that sounds really good. So we go up to Lowe's. Okay, I don't know if Dan, hopefully there's no Lowe's fans here. I spent sixty nine dollars for seed. Six. This better be the best seed ever. I throw it in. It, I'm telling you, if I don't have a green grass, because it said like it needed little, little bit of water, and it was supposedly magic seed. I don't know. But all I know is it was sixty nine dollars. Man, the inflation's really hitting. Okay. Anyway, I, I put it in, and I get this thing out, and I am, I am moving this thing around. And I thought to myself, like, you know, again, I don't have a tractor, and um, and 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 I'm just moving this thing around. And I'm like, man, that's a really small spreader. 
And I thought to myself, you know what? People are going to say they got a small spreader. I don't have a big enough spreader to get it out there. And I'm just telling you right now, it's not the size of the spreader. It's the provider of seed that matters. We're talking about a God who took a couple fish and loaves of bread. Thousands of people were at this bash with leftovers. And that's the God who wants to put the seed in your spreader. You see what I'm saying right now? That's the God who wants you to spread his seed. And then last week, Nathan talked about, you know, that, that the mission that we're on is that we are to go and make disciples. And so I'm pushing this little thing around here, and I'm realizing that, like, every time I need you to focus in on this. All right, watch this. Watch this. What happens when I do this? By the way, there's still seed in here. But what happens? <laughs> what happens? You see this? I'm, it's moving, and that's moving. It's moving, and it's spreading. You see, as we go, as we go, our movement is an opportunity for God to do what he wants to do as we do. You see, all we have to do is go. That's all we have to do is go. You see, he's filling it. He's providing the good seed. He's even spreading it. You don't even have to worry about it. You just got to go be you and take Jesus with you. That sounds good, right? And then I saw this little thing. The lever. You see, we can go. We can go. And we can go with no purpose, but that's just boring. Someone's got to pull the lever. Otherwise, we're never going to get that seed into the soil of the lives that are around us. You see, you got to pull the lever. You see, God is faithful. And he is patient with us. And he wants to work through you. In fact, he loves and longs to work through you to get to the people in the lives that are all around you. You got to go to work. You got to go to grandma and grandpa's. You're heading to the fields anyway. You might be going to the mall. We are on the move. None of us are doing this life still. Our movement is the opportunity to spread the love that Jesus has given to you and me. But he will not force himself on you. He loves you, he loves you too much to force himself on you. So he will give you a choice, and you have the choice. Access to an unlimited supply of his good seed, ready to yield a hundred times. What happens when that, when that one seed, one of those 100, sends seeds another? Before you know it, we got a field. You see, you got to choose to share your smile to brighten somebody's day. You've got to choose to be generous, to, same, to save and change maybe somebody's week. You've got to choose to love when... When what is called for is something quite different than love. You got to be different in this world. You, you're going to have to choose to, to demote yourself and promote someone else so that God can do something in that person's life to say, Why are you living like that? You see, you got to pull the lever. You got to pull the lever. You're going to have to do that. You know, God's going to take care of the rest. He's going to bring the seed. All you and I have to do is just say, Yes. He's got the sun. He's got the water. He is what's going to make this thing grow. And I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking that, you know, I know my aunt and uncle. 
it's just a hard path. Ain't nothing going to grow if I throw a seed over there. I'm not going to waste my seed. Nope, sow the seed. And I know what some of you are thinking. You know what? My boss's heart is so full of gravel, I'm not going to waste that seed. I'm not going to waste this conversation. I'm not going to waste my time with him. No, 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 no. You sow the seed. And I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, you know, I got friends and I got family members. I got too many events, too many games, too many things on their schedule. All right? I, I, if, I, if I throw good seed in there, it's just going to get choked out. They're never going to realize it. Sow the seed because God is going to use all of those moments and seasons of their lives. And when they have cultivated their land and when things get to a point where all of a sudden they look back and they say, oh, my goodness, I saw Jesus trying to get into my life all of these different times. Do you understand what I'm saying right now? We've got to sow the seed because God will take care of the rest because my soil wasn't ready until my soil was ready. I don't know when your soil was ready, but I'm glad somebody put a seed in there along the way and maybe gave you a few other ones that you didn't use very well. Pull the lever. Last thing. You've got to push it forward like this. And you spread it, and then you walk right past it. You faithfully sow that seed. You pull the lever. You get on the go, and you move, and you move. Maybe somewhere down the road, you loop back around and you go, oh, my goodness, I remember when I was there. There's a beautiful crop growing there. And maybe it was your seed as you just went about your way in life. You see, I want you and I, I want White Oak Christian Church to be the church that is known for pulling out our little spreader things. We're going to call this a love spreader. All of you are now, I'm, or I, am, I am commissioning you to be love spreader thingies. That's what I'm doing. I am ready to send you out because Jesus has already sent you out. He has permissioned you to change the world with his love. Grab the lever. Go. Let him take care of the rest. Trust him. He'll take care of the rest. Be faithful in sharing the good news. Let me pray. Father God, we love you so much. Thank you for all the people that are here this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you are going to use them to change this world. And we just thank you that you want us on this mission with you. We are so grateful. We love you. And uh, we are humbled. We are humbled that you have brought us into uh, into this plan. We love you, Jesus. It is in your name we pray. Amen.